0: Let me just say one thing. Anybody that thinks you can go a season without a stretch like this, you need to watch more baseball because it doesn't happen. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now.
0: Welcome back to the 3 o Take. This is episode 226, and I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co host, Nate Reyes. Nate, what up?
1: What up? You remember when we used to do that? You used to do that? Cool yeah, what, what did I say? I used to say,
0: what up, what up? What up, what up?
1: yeah, something like that. You'd Clean. give me a hard time. No, I liked it.
0: You just couldn't look at me in the face when you did it. No, I had to block you. I had to block <laughs> you on the screen with my, my Google Doc. And here we are, 226 episodes later. In deep, 226. In deep. So my dad,
1: um, my dad hit me up. My dad always hits me up when he finds like new connections that mention sports in any possible way because he's not like a huge sports guy. He'll watch, but he's not like a a real fanatic for anyone specifically. Um, And he hit me up and he's like, hey, I, I got somebody that's. That's uh looking to listen to your episodes like they they got a long road trip ahead. Like what are your favorite episodes? And I'm like dad I, I I don't I don't know. And he's like no 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 just tell me the numbers. And I'm like there's 225 episodes. Dad. I don't I don't know what you want me to do. Like I, I don't know. I have it
0: memorized tell them the off the top of my head for anybody i just that, said
1: the player interviews are awesome so like any inter- of those true yes player but you interviews give are great. this like amazing description to every episode like if you look on it's i i don't i don't really use anything else but when i look at the apple podcasting you put in like this huge description so i'm like just read the description and and decide if you want to listen to that one or not i don't know what to tell you i don't have a memorized I don't take your notes. What makes you think that I have any of these numbers memorized?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean this. Yeah, this, this guy doesn't doesn't pull a single note. I don't know why <laughs> why your dad would expect you to have any of this stuff figured out. Like,
1: come on, pops. I don't know, man. You stopped listening after episode four.
0: Like <laughs> uh, off the top of my head, I mean the trade deadline that one was pretty fun. I had I had a real real blast of that one. Uh, all the hot takes and predictions. Those are always the the most anticipated episodes uh something that i really i'm really glad we did this uh off season or it was basically spring training but um the division breakdown episodes those were
1: i thought those were fire
0: those were good we We introduced some like we we had some solid segments on there like the guess the eject the manager's ejection history yeah ranking but i mean off the top of your
1: head could you tell me what numbers those were without looking at the list
0: no (laughs) <laughs> no, absolutely no not. shot
1: no shot absolutely not so i'm over here sounding like an idiot because so i'm like i don't know man just pull them up scroll through enjoy or don't it's cool <laughs> you're not gonna hurt my feelings
0: i don't know yeah those are probably my favorite that i can think of yeah as i mentioned divisional breakdown We're uh, we're gonna be looking at some divisions here in this episode we got Ah, Nate, we got some some things to address. You have some you have something to address that I don't really think you've gotten around to doing thus far, Mister. I've said my farewells to the old Bronx Bombers and look, here we are. No, no, here's, no, no, Here's no, what no, I said. Stop. No, 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 no. We're gonna get into that. Trust me, we're gonna get into that. I'm gonna make sure. I'm gonna make it a point. But before I'm gonna we, clear things
1: up, and everyone's we, gonna back me on this. Before
0: I, I doubt it. Before we talk AL East, NL East, the playoff picture as a whole, uh, we got to do some baseball history because it's Monday and that's just uh, what we do. So, with that said, Nate, I'm going to get us started here. Week of August 9, credit to nationalpastime.com. I'm going to start us off here. August tenth, nineteen 1944, at Crossley Field, Braves hurler Charles Red Barrett throws only 58 pitches, beating the Reds 2-0. The nine-inning game takes only seventy-five minutes.
1: Hang on, fifty-eight pitches. Fifty-eight pitches. Someone throw a take sign out there. What are we doing? <laughs> I mean,
0: clearly the podcast wasn't around then. Because what year would, was this? They would know. Uh, Forty-four, and it was nah, a nine. that's inning. why.
1: That's why. Because back then, it doesn't then, matter like, what
0: year though. It's a full nine-inning game.
1: No, well, I'm saying like back then, it doesn't matter. You're never gonna force the starter out of the game anyway, whether he throws fifty-eight or hundred and fifty-eight. It's going to be the same guy. You're not going to get to the bullpen because they have like four arms out there. No shot. So might as well try to get him early. Maybe that was the mentality. Maybe they
0: had dinner plans. It's hard to say. 58 pitches. 58. Yeah, it's tough. 75 minutes. That's that's a Rob Manford dream right there. August 10th, 1981, attempting to break Stan. Hold on. Is this the one? Let me just make sure. A little typo? No, I... This is one that I hadn't heard of before. I just want to make sure this was one. August 10th, 1981, attempting to break Sam Musial's National League record for hits, Pete Rose hits a wicked infield grounder to Gary Templeton that the official score rules an error rather than giving the Phillies' first baseman his historic hit. Amidst the loud booing by the sizable vocal crowd at Veterans Stadium, fireworks begin as an anxious stadium engineer ignites the planned celebration prematurely, thinking he heard Bill Giles say go into the walkie-talkie when he really said no come on boys clean that's it on, up no that's on bill you can't be saying go when the other when the alternative is no clean it up bill yeah come on. we
1: need a we need a yes or no don't hit me with a go that can't be in the mix
0: or give me like green light or don't you dare think about pressing that button like there's so many ways you could have went with this but you decided yeah. to go with go and no. Brilliant, Bill. Brilliant.
1: Like guacamole and salsa. Salsa means no. Red is salsa. This there is like you go. The, guacamole the salsa. Of, the word association like Michael Scott.
0: Out of the pepperoni pizza, pepperoni Tony, fat guys like pizza. Oh, God, I could never <laughs> apologize to him. Too fat. <laughs> fat, fat, fatty. Uh, August 10th, 1995, the first forfeit this isn't necessarily noteworthy, but I just wanted to include it based on what we talked about last week. August 10th, 1995, the first forfeit in the majors in 16 years occurs when the fans for the third time during the night throw promotional souvenir baseballs onto the Dodger Stadium field. The umps' decision to end the game comes with the home team trailing the Cardinals 2-1 to one with one out in the bottom of the ninth. And what year is this? This is 95. So Dodgers fans have just been taking the L for years. <laughs> Uh it
1: just it just fits too well. There's a common variable, people.
0: Common it's, variable. It's unbelievable. Dodgers fans, just clean it up, please. You got it. What do you got?
1: Uh August twelfth, nineteen ninety. The postponement of the White Sox Rangers game occurs after a seven and a half hour rain delay. Believed to be the longest in baseball history. Although owner Jerry Reinsdorf did not regret making fans wait so long for a game that never started. The team announced five hours before calling the contest that rain checks remained valid regardless of the team playing, and they continued to serve drinks and sandwiches to the few hundred fans remaining. Imagine sitting there for seven and a half hours, and then they're just like, eh, we're going to scratch it.
0: That's a pretty common theme. That's been, I just feel like, baseball stadiums do that now they're like let's just milk them for all they're worth and then send them home
1: seven uh, yeah just like hey there's sandwiches up there guys
0: i know it's raining but i know you're hungry because you've been here for a day and a half wait did (laughs) i did i miss it did it say what time was it was this like a day game and it didn't say it didn't
1: say it just says a seven and a half hour rain delay
0: i'm gonna need to look this up because if this is a night game and people are sticking around. There's no way. There's no way they would continue that game. That has to be a day game. Had to be. Yeah. Okay. Hold, let Let's Let's Before I look this up, let's just map this out. If this are you is saying what
1: day of the week, it is back in 1990. Is that what no, you no, no. think of?
0: No, no. I'm trying to figure out the the timing. Let's just say it's a 7 p.m. Central game. Okay. Okay. And you said this was postponed when? 1990. No, no. Like at what point in the game?
1: The game never started. It had seven and a half hour rain delay. Oh, it didn't start at all. For
0: starting it. And I thought this was like a delay. It. No. Oh, yikes. Okay. So, so they didn't even start it. Okay. Say this was a night game, which I don't think it was. Let's say it started at seven. You said it's a seven hour. So that's five hours till midnight. Another two. Did you say it was seven and a half? Yeah. So they bang this at 2.30 in the morning without even throwing a pitch. If it yeah. was a night game, which it wasn't. There's no way. But I'm going to I'm going to I don't
1: I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. Just just look up longest rain delay in baseball history. I'm sure it'll come up. You want me to keep going. Go for it. All right. August I'll, 13th. I'll swing back to this. Fair. August 13th, 1951. Any fan who shows up with a musical instrument during the Dodgers Musical Depreciation Night is admitted free to the Ebbets Field contest against Boston. With an assortment of trumpets, trombones, zithers, tubas, accordions, bugles, flutes, various types of drums, violins, mandolins, assorted horns, a glockenspiel. (laughs) Why am I reading all this? A washboard and a piano. 2,400 fans, which is about 10% of the total crowd, take advantage of the team's unusual promotion. Imagine 2,400 instruments just making noise. 'Cause it was a promotion. And this is what year? Nineteen fifty one. Imagine lugging in a tuba. I get mad when I have like not enough cup holders at my seat. Or if like maybe a lady's sitting in front of me and she's got this huge bun that's blocking my view. This man has a tuba. There's pianos. What's a bugle, by the way?
0: A bugle is like the I'm sure there's some baseball fans slash musicians out there. I know the chip bugles just rail me for this, but I'm pretty sure it's like a, it's a similar, or it's like a trumpet alternative, I think. It's similar to a trumpet, I believe.
1: All right. What about a zither?
0: I don't know why, (laughs) but a kazoo came to mind, but I don't think that's even close. How about a glockenspiel? Glockenspiel, I believe, is like a xylophone, but I may be way off on that too. Hold on, you got me looking up so many things, but it's all great. I, I want to learn. <laughs> I want to learn these things. We're yes, starting a new I was podcast. Right. I was, yes. <laughs> Music with Kyla Nate. Uh, Glockenspiel. Yes, it is a small percussion or a, a musical percussion instrument of metal, tuned metal pieces. So it literally it's pretty much a xylophone. What was the other thing? A zither. Let's look for a zither. Z i t h e r. A zither. Is like a guitar harp looking thing. I think that's
1: all my questions. I think I know of everything else. It's like a
0: that is a wild looking instrument. It's like a guitar.
1: Someone rolled a piano in there apparently.
0: A pian? Come on, (laughs) bro. They were wild back in the day with their promotion. It's like did not care. I mean, I get it. That's how you get attend. That's how you get the buzz going. But. And that's how you you get
1: talked about 70 years later.
0: (laughs) You got to think these (laughs) things through a little bit. Come on. That's what, you know what? That's what we should do for an episode. Maybe like in the off season, just do wildest promotion nights. I like it. Strictly promotion nights. That would be an an incredible episode. All right. Come down. It's a lot of research. Oh, by the way, by the way, it was an afternoon game. Nice. It it was a Sunday, the postponed, the Sunday afternoon game without a pitch being thrown. They banged it at 9 p.m. Tough. Jerry Reinsdorf said the weatherman kept saying it'd stop.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sure, back in, sure, Back Jay. in 1990 when they were using the the old iPhone Doppler radar. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. And lastly here, still on August 13th, 1972, in an effort to stop a four-game losing streak, this story is pretty famous, by the way, Tiger skipper Billy Martin picks his starting lineup out of a hat for the first game of a doubleheader. The idea works as Detroit edges the Indians in the opener 3-2, but using a regular lineup in the nightcap, the team loses 9-2. Why, dude? You had it right. Just keep going with the hat trick.
0: Yeah, you can't You can't let reason sneak in at that point. You got to just roll with what works. Yeah. Yikes.
1: Yikes. Which Billy Martin has been known for this because I'm pretty sure he did the same thing with the Yankees. Bro's just wild. If you don't know about Billy Martin, do some research. That man was nuts.
0: That that just blows my mind. I put more thought when I was like 10 into my backyard baseball lineup. Like I yeah. had to have I had to have Pete Wheeler leading off. I had to have Pablo in that 3 or 4 hole. And yeah. this man's managing a major league baseball team and it's just like Yeah. Man, Billy Billy
1: was nuts. Side note, did you see me catch that fruit fly in the middle of me reading that? I got him, by the way.
0: You're a man of many talents. I know. It's no big deal. That's all I'll say.
1: That's baseball history, folks.
0: That's baseball history. And speaking of history, are the New York Mets history in 2021, Nate? Because it's not oh. looking Ooh. good. Are we hopping on that train? I mean, I've gotten, them all, I've gotten on them this year for being the corniest team in baseball, arguably in all of sports. And not looking at numbers or how certain players are performing. Yeah. I'm just thinking maybe the corniness is catching up with them a little bit. Tell me that's not a take of reason.
1: Are they, are they going to turn Javi Baez into a cornball? Like the swag just turns into corny baseball playing? That would be
0: an unforgivable sin. Yeah. I can see it happening though. The New York Oh, absolutely, but that if you're the New York Mets, you just can't let that happen. But it's the New York Mets, so it's almost guaranteed that they will. So
1: I don't know. The NL East is just the strangest.
0: How does that sit? How does that saying go? It's like a car wreck. Like you can't, you can't look away. It's it's what the NL East is. Yeah. Like, I don't want to watch slightly above mediocre baseball, but at the same time, I want to tune into every game. Right. That's why I don't know
1: if it's just, they're all playing equally bad baseball. Or they're playing so tough against each other that there's not a whole lot of room for,
0: well, not a whole lot of margin here. I, I don't know. I mean, four of the five teams in the National League East are knocking on the door of 500. You got the Nationals at 4-4. Four, four, I mean, they're winning. I mean, okay, maybe the Nationals are not the best example. They have a winning percentage of 446. Okay. Oh, I was looking at winning percentages, but I'm not great at math. Haven't taken a math class since high school uh the mets however i mean they're sitting there 505 atlanta 509 and phillies at 527 it's it just resembles everything that you need to know about that division and have ever needed to know about that division because it almost seems like it's an annual thing it's like oh let's check in it is i don't know why it's
1: strange right now at the time of the recording The Braves being in second place are the only team with a positive run differential, plus 65. The Phillies leading the division are at negative 5. I think, I mean, the the Mets' story is just, that's, that's well documented. No matter what kind of lineup they throw out there, they just struggle to score runs. And I don't know why. It doesn't add up for me. It doesn't add
0: up. But on the flip side, though, the Phillies, they're playing real
1: good ball. Real good. I mean, they're just, it's about getting hot at the right time.
0: Actually, no, you know what? No, pump the brakes on the Phillies. We need to dive in it. We need to go in on the Mets a little more. Corny semen baseball. Let's, let's, let's really break this down. As we all know, Mets got swept by the Phillies this weekend. They are now one in seven in the month of August, and they scored only five runs in the series, which gave them a total of 20 this month. Nate, do you know who the only team to have fewer runs in that span, do you know Do you know what team it is? Mm, I'm going to go Diamondbacks. It's actually the Texas Rangers. Ooh, either way. Either way, not great. Not, not great company. company if you're the New York yeah. Mets. And with those numbers, Nate, they are now slashing 179, 274, and 305 over those eight games. So, I don't know if Mets fans need this clarification, but those numbers aren't going to win you a World Series, much less the National League, much less the division, much less the hearts of your fans.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't I. I don't have any answers for how else can you change things there? How else can you change a culture, a philosophy, a, an aura, an energy, whatever you believe in? How do you change it? You'd think starts at the top. You got a new owner. You'd think that owner coming out and saying, hey, I'm willing to spend my bread. And get these
0: guys. I mean, to be fair, the Mets have talent. The talent's there. They're just not performing. And people coming out and saying, "All these Mets fans," I I can't really reason with Mets fans. So take this with a grain of salt. But you got all these Mets fans coming out saying, "Well, Luis Rojas needs to be fired." Yesterday, is Luis Rojas responsible for the fact that Pete Alonso couldn't hit the broadside of a barn right now? I mean, he's in. He's he's among the company of his fellow pitchers like if you look at yeah. his batting average over the span of the last couple weeks it's not great sure so what I mean how is that on Luis Rojas please explain right
1: it. and I think you have to look at are these games being mismanaged And I don't think they are I think he's he's playing with the pieces he has he's playing with the cards he's been dealt and that's that's all you can do as a manager now when managers are misplaying those cards then we have specific incidences where you know incidents where they're not working out because of his decisions that's something else but i don't think that's really there i think he's doing the best he can and you're right there's big names that are not performing not getting it done i think they knew and for any mets fan that thought that javi baez was going to be the sole savior you knew what you were getting you knew you're getting a you know 30 strikeout guy that's just what he is it's what he's always been that's not going to change the swag the energy yeah sure like that's that's a given. But, you know, they they were just in Miami and he had he had five Ks. That's what you get. That's what you get with Javi Baez. So, I don't know. I mean, is it a GM thing? Is it a not quite figuring out the right pieces?
0: No, this is 100% on the players, and I won't hear any other argument otherwise. If Luis Rojas were to pinch hit Pete Alonso for somebody in favor of a a righty on righty matchup, or this, or that, or lefty righty, whatever it is, then it's like, okay, yeah, Luis Rojas, see ya. You got a guy hitting 300. Yeah, Pete Alonso, and I know I keep singling out Pete Alonso. The whole the whole lineup is has been pretty much atrocious. Nobody on that lineup in that lineup is hitting right now, really. I mean, maybe you might have some glimmers here there, but I mean, just atrocious. Which you look at the run differential, really. You got to give credit to what their pitching has been able to do, yeah, even without Jacob Grom. But it's like if that was the case, if guys were hitting and you're mismanaging, okay, Luis Ro- Luis Rojas, see ya. that's not the case. He's not responsible for the, for the fact that they cannot score runs right now. Yeah, I know. I get it. But and people coming at Steve Cohen saying, well, and I'm not saying you, I'm just saying for pe- for the people that are wondering if it's a if it's a GM culture thing. He's been very transparent about what his intentions are with this team and what he's willing to do for this team. Yeah. You could pretty you just tweet at him on Twitter. I'll probably get back to you. Very responsive. He's come out and said, look, we'll spend the money. Yeah. And I think this offseason, his first true offseason, I think I think you'll see some moves made. You just gotta be patient. But I get it. You don't wanna wait you don't wait that long. You wanna make something happen this year, but you can't unless your lineup starts to hit which they're not it's
1: fair and I mean honestly you look at a healthy roster construction and it's I don't think it's that bad I really don't I mean you have bat to ball skill kind of guys in there you know and again healthy I mean you have a Nimmo you have a, a Jeff McNeil that can kind of balance things out and a little more of a contact led kind of guy Conforto and then you have your power guys I I don't see anything wrong there. I do think the pitching has always been an issue. And I mean, I, maybe they kind of shot themselves in the foot for just really banking on getting Trevor Bauer in the offseason.
0: Well, and I, don't, I, don't I, mean, I don't know. Ignoring some other possibilities. I don't know. You say you think the pitching has been a problem. As a, this season, they they haven't pitched terribly. Like, I think it's like, catching up to them. You've got guys, sure. I mean, you've got guys like Walker is
1: absolutely cooling off. Sure. You know what I mean? Guys like that. So. I mean, Strobin's yeah, been having
0: a great year. Yeah, you're out to Grom. You get you gave up, which we'll get into this. You lose, you lose Wheeler, which would have really helped. Yeah, this this point of the year yeah. would have really helped. But I mean, they're they're trying to make do with what they've got, and it's just it's not working. So yeah. somebody's gonna have to turn it around. Somebody's gonna have to be a spark in that lineup because otherwise, this is gonna be another classic Mets fall off that's what i'm saying
1: something has to give here something's got to change i mean they're bad on the road i think every team strives to at least be 500 on the road they're currently 23 and 35 at home they're 33 and 20 you got to at least play 500 ball on the road to be a playoff team
0: on the flip side now let's get into the let's get into some phillies talk here real quick nate in the span of in the span of just a couple weeks the phillies went from being four games out to leading by two games, rolling two, two weeks. They've won eight straight. Let's see. Let's see if you can figure out when the the longest streak was prior to this. Do you know? Do you know what year it would have been? Uh, I'm like gonna one. say
1: 0, 008 or 09. It was actually 2011.
0: Oh, little trick question there. That's, that's close. that would been those are guess. the World Series years. So that's sure. the only reason. that'd have been, been my guess. Been. Uh, yeah, eight game winning streak, the longest since a nine game winning streak in 11. And as I already mentioned, swept the Mets this weekend. So they are sitting pretty. They, on the other hand, unlike their division counterpart, Mets, they've been hitting the ball. I got a note here. Since August 1st, the Phillies boast the third highest OPS in baseball at 901, and they're slashing 289, 347, and 554 as a team.
1: Did did that Andrew McCutcheon walk-off start this streak, or was that before?
0: You know, that's a good question.
1: You saw that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, if it, if that is the case, and I, I think it was at least within the last two weeks of them going on this run. I don't know if it's been in this eight-game win streak, but there's something about those secondary guys, secondary veterans especially, that when they produce, it's it does something else to the clubhouse. You know what I mean? When that clubhouse guy really gets things going and he starts making a difference offensively, or defensively, or pitching, or whatever, it almost hits more. Like it, it just, I think that clubhouse can bank on, okay, we know Bryce Harper's gonna produce. We know Reese Hoskins. We know these guys are gonna produce. But anything we get out of an Andrew McCutcheon, anything we get out of um, a Ronald Torres, guys like that, it's like bonus. And you see guys get hyped. You see the clubhouse, you see the dugout get hyped. There's something about that in my mind. That gets things rolling. That kind of gets the energy flowing a little bit. Yeah, like I said, you get hyped when Bryce Harper hits a bomb. But that's what he does. That's what he's done. That's why he's, you know, that's why he is who he is. But it's the guys, you know, Gene Segura running into balls, almost resurging his career. You know what I mean? Like, guys like that, that's just fun baseball. That's just fun to
0: watch. And like I already said, Zach, you got Zach Wheeler, who, last I checked, is he's either around or... Very near the top, if not at the top of the Cy Young list right now. He's Take, creeping, taking into account injuries and all that. Yeah, he's creeping into the conversation. So I mean, he's pretty much taken on the role of ace of the squ- of the squad thus far. Uh, which, by the way, through Nola's a- been kind of inconsistent. Yeah, Nola's been struggling this year. Uh, Wheeler went out streaks, and- but yeah, Wheeler went out and threw through a, a two hit shutout on Sunday. Did you see that? Retired Roy Holliday's number. Saw he that out there and that was cool. Give a strong effort on the mound in honor S- of it.
1: Something extra
0: there, you know. Baseball works in mysterious ways, man. Uh, it's yeah, it's to beautiful, say. beautiful thing. Uh, and then, as we already alluded to, Bryce Harper just going off. and I, I need all of it. I need all of it. Uh, I got another note here for Harper, kind of arbitrary date since June twelfth. He's slashing 339, 437, and 661. On the season, he's up to 302. 302 for those who want to throw around the old batting average thing. He's hitting 302.
1: Not a whole lot of guys over 300 this year, by the way. Look that number up.
0: So uh, one more time on the season, hitting 302. Slashing 302, 413, and 570. Safe to say this is... Offensively at least his best season since his MVP year.
1: You're really dragging me into this Bryce Harper fan club stuff, aren't you?
0: It's funny though how you're seeing all this Harper MVP stuff pop up all of a sudden now, huh? Kinda kinda funny how that works out. <laughs> Been saying it all year. Nobody wanted to listen to me. I think I mean it's when you The best prim- the best part about that is when I made that prediction and you said I was gonna get dragged in the comment section. And you did. And I and did.
1: I knew you would. And I did. Cause you hate them or love them. That's it. And here we are.
0: Um. By the way, can I just make note of the fact that it's g- apparently golden hour. In, I look good, don't I? In it's Phoenix cool. right now, <laughs> <laughs> looking like you stepped out of a magazine, guy. Yeah. Looking real re- looking real good. Not Casual. Casual
1: with the with the hoodie with the the short sleeve hoodie. It's clean.
0: Um. Paige is real jealous that I'm the one on the other end of this call right now. <laughs>
1: Um yeah, I mean when you have players of that caliber that are mm, that don't lack in confidence, I think that's probably the best way to say that. When they start oh, putting things oh, together. Oh,
0: I see you put uh, fluffing it a little bit, sugarcoat. Just go ahead and say what you want to say, Nate. About- when you
1: have cocky players that are succeeding, look out because those dudes are cocky when they're not playing well. That guy's that guy's drip, that guy's swag, that guy's mindset never changes. Never changes. Say what you will about him, but he's in that category of players where up top, solid. What's in between the ears is solid. That's what he's getting into. That's that point in his career of what he's getting into. So when the play starts to show and starts to back that up, look out. Those are the guys where their hot streaks aren't three or four days. They aren't a week or two. Those hot streaks last a third, maybe even half of a season, and that's why he's in that tier because you can grab a lot of players throughout the years and put him in that tier, and he's in there because, I mean, we just talked about Javi Baez. You know what I mean? Similar kind of guy, but you see him lose his cool. You see him kind of lose and unravel a little bit when things are going rough. You see him chirping with other players, kind of getting a little pissed off, you know, slamming stuff like that. That's what he does. That next tier though, that next level, if he can get his mind right, if he can get what's in between the ears set and always have that confidence, no matter what happened the day before or the AB before, look out. That's all we're seeing. We're seeing a a Bryce Harper really get into his prime. And we talked about this last time. Like there's a reason why People always say that the peak athlete, whatever sport they're in, is in that 27 to 29 range, 26 to 29 range, somewhere in there, because the mind is there now. Now they're developed. Now they have that maturity. And if you're a Bryce Harper, you still have that physical ability. So when those two link up, watch out. And that's what we're seeing.
0: And to that point, Bryce is in a, not just this at this point in the season, but this point of his career. He is in a very scary part of his career in a good way, because he is. I don't want to say he's getting pissed off at the attention that a Shohei Ohtani or uh, a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is getting. Uh huh. But for it. so long, for the majority of his career up to this point, he has had to fight off expectations. Yeah. He's had to fight off unrealistic headlines in the news and in the media, and. He's had to fight off probably his own thoughts about who he is as a player and what he's capable of doing. He is at a point now, you could maybe even say it's a turning point, where he is getting probably to the point where he's realizing, I need to make sure people don't forget who I am. I'm not at the point where I have to kind of shy away from the attention or kind of try to get out of the limelight if possible. I'm at the point now where I have to remind people, hey, I'm still here. Yeah. Remember me?
1: And you also got to think about the accomplishments of not only a player, but as a person. He's got a wife. He's got kids. He's got the big house. He's settled into his city that he wants to be in. All that's left is baseball. All that's left is a World Series ring. That's where all the focus is. You think, I mean, you could, if you're a listener, just look in the mirror and think back. If you're mid-20s, if you're even in your 30s, Look back to your early 20s. Think about, on a lesser scale, the expectations that maybe family or friends or loved ones had of you. And you, you probably didn't do so well. You probably didn't have it all figured out yet because those other things in life weren't settled. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Baseball players still have a life that they have to, they have moving pieces, moving parts that have to settle. So we're talking about a guy that's in his prime. He's got his mind right. The athleticism is still there and his life is in order. Hello. It's a perfect storm for success. Phillies, just hang on and enjoy the ride cuz it looks like he's going to he's going to carry the load. And that's why you pay him. That's why you pay that guy. That's why you give him the contract he wants. It's because when he does this, you can watch the ripple effect of the rest of your clubhouse. You can watch what it does. And that's what we're seeing.
0: All right. Well, with that said, let's uh cuz there's been a lot of, a lot of news popping up surrounding Harper and the MVP talks and whether he's a dark horse, whether he's, whether he's the favorite. Looking at the odds right now. Let's just let's dive into this real quick. Fernando Tatis and again, there's multiple outlets out there with different odds, different placements of these guys. So, I'm just going one with like w- going with one that I came across. that's uh legit verified. They have Fernando Tatis Jr at plus 100. Bryce Harper, plus 275, which, by the way, he was plus, what, 4,000 <laughs> at the end of July? Uh, maximum, Good time to
1: place a bet if anybody was doing yeah, it.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And I, By the way, I had people ask me, like, oh, how much did you put on, the, on Harper to win MVP, Corwin? I said, no, nah, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, this podcast would be getting a lot better. <laughs> Some new equipment, maybe a studio. Uh, <laughs> you never know. Uh, third behind Harper, Max Muncie at plus four fifty, Trey Turner at plus eight. Trey Turner, I like right it now in the top five. Trey Turner plus eight hundred, and rounding out the top five here, Freddie Freeman at plus twelve hundred. All right. Well, what do you like? What do you don't like?
1: Obviously, I don't know if these odds are taking into account of what's going on with Tatis. I think the Padres still don't know what's going on with Tatis. They're still playing it by year, so.
0: Well, I think, and I think fans are in the same boat where they're looking at this like Tatis is a is a, sh- a shoe in to win this if he's to come back. But if for some reason the Padres are like, yeah, we don't want to push this, falls out of the, falls out of contention for this. I think people are saying, okay, well then Bryce is next up.
1: Yeah, and if Bryce continues the pace that he's on, um, so yeah, I think you know those numbers are going to change away from Tatis depending on how they proceed um you know I think it's probably safe to say at this point that Gram is out of that conversation as well I think he's probably only going to get maybe two starts in at this rate before the season ends and who knows if they make the postseason um but I think being in the hunt being in contention is big I think Max Muncy and Trey Turner conversation hurts a little bit I think when you look at the writers, the way they the way they see the Dodgers now, I think you are gonna be like, "Well, someone's got to succeed in that lineup." You know what I mean? Someone's gonna do it. So, I mean, it's if you are a Max Muncie, like you are sitting pretty. I don't think it's you have it as hard in life, truthfully.
0: Let me ask you this because I remember maybe it would have been like last week. It wouldn't have been on on air. I think we were just chatting over text. I mentioned Bryce Harper MVP, yada 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 you threw rightfully so you threw back max muncie and said well what about max and then i i said something in rebuttal and then you said well he's got bryce beat on such and such." So. what were those he, statistics? i
1: think it was like he was close now granted this is like a week and a half
0: right because i mean i'm looking at the numbers now and uh, i mean not to take any take anything away from muncie but i think it just speaks to what he's what harper's done in the last week because yeah i'm looking at the numbers and aside from rbis like
1: It was RBIs and OPS that I think were right there. Home runs weren't too far off either.
0: Because right now, Harper's got a 983 OPS, and Muncy's right behind him. This is National League. uh, Muncy's right behind him in fourth at 951. So, I mean, there's like a 32-point gap there.
1: Uh, I'm going to say it's probably a good bet that Harper tacked on an extra 75 to 100 points in OPS the last week, which is nuts.
0: I mean, as as we alluded to, Harper's hitting three hundred and two. And for all you Nats fans out there, Soto's behind him at two ninety seven. I
1: just think <clears> when you then, look at like the Phillies, like the 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 peaks are high and the valleys are low. And I think a lot of that weight and pressure falls on Bryce Harper to live up to expectations. When you look at the Dodgers, and you say who's the pressure on? It's not Max Muncie. I don't think that. I've never thought that. I don't think anyone's ever thought, even Dodgers fans.
0: You could name like four or five guys right off the bat that would take more pressure than Muncie in that situation.
1: Right. So you, I, in my mind, I want to argue to the point that if there's no pressure on you and you succeed, great. If there is pressure on you and you succeed, you're living up to the hype. That's not easy to do every day. That's not easy to go out and succeed every day, no matter what the pressure is. But if you have pressure on top of it, and you're living up to it, I think you get that vote over someone who doesn't have that pressure, like a Max Muncie, Tatis for the same thing, for the same reason. If he's able to come back healthy, a lot of expectations this year, a lot of weight. And the fact that he could potentially live up to it and win an MVP means that he deserves that because he lived up to it. I think if you have a a pressure-free player in that conversation, they have to almost destroy everyone else in every category to win it. That's my um, only argument. I like Max Muncy. I really do. He's like one of the few Dodgers that I like. Same with Trey Turner. Now, Ugh, still weird, but there is not a whole lot of pressure over there.
0: I'll, I'll admit, I am. I am a little. Uh, I am still a little hung up on the whole get the ball out of the out, out, of, the, the ocean. out of the ocean. And man needs to learn his body's a water before before Two I can years ago and before I can entertain the the possibility of appreciating him as a player again. Uh, but with that said, with that argument you just made, perfect way to round it out uh quick prediction who do you got winning the an LNVP at this point
1: um i'm gonna stay tatis because i do think he's gonna come back and i think he's gonna push surgery until off season so even if he can play mediocre baseball all the, all the way out i think he'll win it
0: fair enough i think uh i think you know my answer on this one <laughs> i think everyone does <laughs> you think yeah i don't come across as a harper homer do i oh yeah Oh, do I? I, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't have guessed. Let's talk. uh, Okay, let's. You're right. I probably should uh, (laughs) tone it, tone it down a little bit on the IG. Uh, But let's talk. Speaking of being a homer, let's talk AL East here real quick. Um, And the reason we're talking NL East, AL East, we'll we'll hopefully look at the playoff pictures a whole real quick before we wrap things up. But with there being a change in leadership, Changing the guard, if you will, atop both these divisions. Figured it was worth talking about. The Boston Red Sox just, it wouldn't bother me as much as it it would in a situation where the Rays, Yankees, and Blue Jays all weren't playing great baseball. Yeah. Like, if you just hit this stretch, it's like, okay, it's fine. It happens. It's baseball. And anybody, let me just say one thing. Anybody that thinks you can go a season without a stretch like this, you need to watch more baseball because it doesn't happen. Right. You cannot go through a 162-game stretch and not slide to some extent. With that said, the Rays have now leapfrogged. They're now in first. The Sox are now four games back. And knocking on the door behind them are the New York Yankees at six and a half back. And the Blue Jays are seven back. We can't technically rule them out yet either right because let's let's not uh, lose sight of the fact that i believe correct me if i'm wrong here yes the blue jays would be in first place in the national league east right now and they are in fourth in the american league east so toughest division of baseball american league east without a doubt with that said nate i want to give you the floor here real quick to just address where you feel or where you stand on the yankees right now because as i said they're knocking on the door
1: Here's what I'll, what I'll say, and here's what I said weeks ago when I said, see you later. It's the false hope. I mentioned this. I'll continue to mention this. It's the false hope that the Yankees front office feeds to fans this time of year. Almost every trade deadline, it comes into this. I think the adding of Rizzo is more of like an, a little jab to the Red Sox. Because there was a lot of hype in the fan base about getting him. Whether you know the organization felt that they should or would is a different story, but there was a lot of ties Rizzo to Boston amongst the media and fan base. So I don't know if that was a little jab to it. Gallo seems like it's just a perfect fit, so why not? It's a false sense of accomplishment and hope. They're playing good baseball, but I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. I never will stop being a fan. I'll never stop rooting them on.
0: And look, I'm not asking you to. I'm just asking you to acknowledge to the people, because you owe it to the people. We're a podcast of transparency. You said, and we've got the clip. We've got the receipts. You said RIP. I don't think it gets much more written off than that. You I say still RIP. Agree.
1: I still agree. I don't think this is a World Series team.
0: I don't. I can't. Okay, well, r- given what I just said about the layout of the the American League East right now, what do you see them doing? I think they'll sneak into
1: the second spot in the wild card still. That's what I see.
0: So I think there may be
1: maybe a time where they could potentially hold that first place wild card spot, but I don't think they take that spot in the end. And that's that false sense of hope to where us fan base, you know us fans will be like, yeah, we, we got this. The roster just isn't built to do that kind of thing. The rotation is still very much in the air. There's an entire team, literally an entire product, a nine-person product that you could put out on the field that is currently on the IL. So with what's going on, I can't buy in completely. Now we're talking, I I like to think that this is the time of year where run differential is starting to show its true colors a little bit. The Rays are at a plus 121. Red Sox at plus 33. Yankees at plus fifteen. The Blue Jays are at plus one twenty three. Yankees also are doing hey, give, pretty good in close games. So give the Orioles some love. Oh, negative one, <laughs> negative one sixty six for the Orioles. Tough look. Um. So I think it's just starting to show a little bit of true colors. Is there a chance that there's three teams coming out of the East for the postseason? Maybe. I don't know what those three teams are. But hey, let me ask you this and be honest with me. Okay. No bias. Take that out of it.
0: Hey, I you gotta give some. I know me some you're upset. Credit. No, no, no. You gotta give me some credit. And I know people are right now probably laughing and they're wanting to rip their their earbuds out. Oh, give me a break. I while I am a homer, yes, I will acknowledge that. And I realized today, I've actually been thinking about this for like the past week. I can't think of like one positive Yankee highlight I've I've put up recently. So it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm only I'm only building up a case against myself. With that said though, I can I can admit when it when the team is playing like crap and I can be realistic about expectations for the postseason and beyond, yeah. or well, for, the, I mean, for the end of the regular season and beyond. Let me ask you this,
1: because I don't think there's a huge issue. We have more of a Red Sox following in our listeners than Yankee following, so I don't think they have a problem with talking about this. But let me ask you this. Kyle Schwarber was the only addition. Of note. Does that send a message to the clubhouse? Does that send uh You know what I mean? You're looking at other teams and they're all buyers. You look at the Blue Jays and they go get Barrios. We already talked about the Yankees' moves. The Rays go get um, Nelly Cruz. There's no moves really being made by the by the Red
0: Sox. What does that do to the clubhouse? What does that do to the confidence? So there's a couple, a couple lines of thinking that I have on this. One, I love front offices and management and ownership and all that that comes out before leading up to deadlines and is like, hey, this is our squad. We've made it this far. Okay, We don't need to bring anybody from outside of this clubhouse. With that said, you have to look at what the Red Sox have done this year and admit and acknowledge that I, I think everybody can agree that they've been overperforming a little bit based on what they're putting out right.
1: on the field. Right, exactly. And that's what I'm that. trying
0: to bring up. And that's what I'm asking you is that. And, and so with that said, you can't take that approach and apply that to this team and say, hey, we need we need to just focus on what's in this clubhouse and ride with what we've got. Because you have to expect there to be a, a slip up of length at some point. Because this the, while this team is good, you have to look at what the teams around you in in the division and the American League have done yeah and think you know what we might need to might need to add a piece or two here because we're not we're not a Chicago White Sox we're not a you look at our lineup and think sure. you don't need anything so i don't know i can appreciate both lines of thinking and it, they they conflict for me at times but based on what we based on what what i've seen for the last week week and a half I mean, you have to almost two weeks. You have to think. Mm, probably should have done a little something more.
1: Yeah, it just it it came off conservative, and I don't know. I mean, and the last say and which, la-
0: well, the last thing I'll say, like the whole thing I was saying, where if you're clear before leading up to the deadline, this is what we're gonna do, then you let your players know. But when the players and the fans and the organization as a whole right. is left out in the dark about what right. you're what you're doing. You had fans, you probably had players thinking that you had a you had a shot at Scherzer and then right. you come out with nothing. So it's like while it's like while after the deadline passes, you can look at the players in the clubhouse and be like, Hey guys, this is our squad. I'm sure they would have appreciated knowing that beforehand rather than them thinking, Hey, maybe reinforcements are showing up. Yeah. And then the deadline passes and then you go, Hey guys, we got nothing, but this is our squad. You can't that doesn't that doesn't carry the same weight. It doesn't hold the same message.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's I, I don't know. That that's kind of the way it looks from the outside. That's the way it looks for me. Is that it's it, it was somewhat conservative and they're not willing to push all chips into the middle of the table for this year. It's if we win the division, awesome, because we weren't planning on it at all. If we win the World Series, awesome. We weren't even planning on being in the postseason, really. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's great. But at what point can you say, maybe we can do this? And in my mind, that was two weeks ago. That's where that switch should have been flipped, saying, maybe we can go for it. And you have a front office that can back that up. And I don't think they did. And it's nothing against Kyle Schwarber, but like you said, it's hurt. You don't get that impact right away. You don't get that, you know, that whole press conference buzz, him trying on a new uniform. You don't get that buzz. So. You know, especially when it's not really filling a hole that is potentially a hole. Your DH and your outfield didn't need any help.
0: And what did I say? I said while a first baseman would be great, you need arms. Yep. You need arms because you don't know what's going to happen with Sale. You don't. You. It's great to to hold out hope that he's going to return to even close to old form Sale, but you don't know. Yeah. And they go out. Not only do they not get an arm, they don't get a first baseman. They get an outfield DH. Yeah. So what What? What? are we really doing here? We're not solving anything.
1: Yeah. Um, as far as the Rays go, i got to give them a ton of credit because I was burying them early. They were on pace to be one of the worst offensive teams ever. And as of right now, I'm pretty sure they have the fourth or fifth most runs scored this year. That's pretty impressive. So props, because they really switch things around and they got things rolling.
0: Let's see here, I'm just looking at the.
1: I mean, they're one run behind. Run scored for uh, from Toronto. They've got everyone beat in the Central. They're just behind Houston in the West as far as NL goes. They got everybody beat in the East. Everybody beat in the Central. And just everybody the but the Dodgers beat in the, in the NOS. So the Rays and the fact that they made a weird move by moving rich Hill, the fact that they were willing to do that and understand, Hey, this is a, this is something new. I mean, they're making really smart moves. They, they ended up with Chris Archer again. You know, I, no matter what he does is a, the rest of his career as a Ray, it's still like gotcha to the pirates. You know what I mean? So they're doing it right. They were buyers at the deadline. They added a big bopper. I gotta give him props. I really do. And this is without their their ace.
0: It's impressive. Toughest division in baseball. I mean, the Blue Jays. We haven't even really given they're in fourth the Blue place Jays
1: yet with hundred and twenty three plus hundred and twenty three run differential. They're playing amazing baseball. Eight and two in their last ten. The just most, like the Rays and, and Yankees.
0: Like you allude to, the most runs scored in the division. Yeah. Which means they're right up there towards the top of the list too.
1: And I do think this is this is like I said, this is where true colors start to show that that run differential starts to show up and be a little bit more accurate relative to the standings. So don't be surprised. Like I said, don't be surprised if three teams sneak out of the AL East.
0: All right, well, zoom out a bit, looking at the whole playoff picture as a whole. What do we what are we thinking? How do we think this shakes out over the next two months? Because it's going to it's gonna be sneaky quick with how fast. It always does. Yeah. August seems to just kind of fly by. I mean, we're like a third of the way through August already. Yeah. And you, are, you already know how quick September goes because you're always looking forward to seeing how things shape out for your team, for your respective team if they're in the hunt. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, we're knocking on the door of October. Here we are. So with that said, how do we think this plays out? I and mean, we can go division by division then pick our wild cards for – where it's as it stands right now. I mean the East is a little shaky in the American League East, as we just talked about. You could potentially have three teams coming out of that. So I mean um it let me ask you this. Are you ruling out the division for the Yankees? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna
1: rule out the division, but I do think they get the second spot in the World Cup.
0: So we're looking at a two team race for the East for the division. If Boston can return to what they had been doing for literally the entire season up to the deadline. The Central a lock. The West, tell you what, man. For as good as the Astros have been playing this year, yeah, they Oakland are right there. is right on their tail. Not to mention they I'm looking at it now eight and two in their last ten. They've won four straight. Yeah, entering entering Monday, there's
1: seven a- games over five hundred on the road. That's uh, pretty good. That's special. That's what you
0: got to do. And then you got the the Mariners, seven and a half back. They're not going to do anything, but just the fact that, the, I mean, it's August 9th. Yeah. And the fact that they're getting a mention in the playoff picture conversation, again, not going to do anything. But the fact that you yeah. at least have to entertain it, that's saying something. I think
1: the drop in three out of four to the Yankees this past weekend is, I'd say, the beginning of the end for them. Well done, though, honestly. Props.
0: I mean, if you're the Mariners, you can finish a handful of games of above, above 500. The future is looking good, yeah. I would think. I agree. If I'm a Mariners fan, I'm excited. Uh, The East, as we already talked about, in the National League. I mean, that's a three-team race right now.
1: Yeah. This is obviously just because what's going on in the West. This is a division or bust. You got to win the
0: division or you're out. That's it. Absolutely. National League. The Reds are hot, man. The Reds are hot. They won't go go away. They won't go away. It's true. It's very true. 7-3 and in the last 10, entering Monday. And they're five and a half back.
1: Yeah, and their pitching has been been better than better than I expected. And Luis Castillo looks like he's really figured it out.
0: Yeah, something switched there. Whoa, I don't, know. I don't know what happened.
1: Like wow, wow, he figured it out. He looks disgusting again. So
0: shout out to those of you who were buying low on him in fantasy because yeah, what a steal. Yeah, he's been
1: crushing it. Um, and Castellanos is going to come back. I mean, you never know. They could get I, rolling.
0: I need the Reds to to be in it. I How really
1: big of it. a disappointment are the Cardinals? The Cubs, we saw this. I I think you and I hit the nail on the head with the Cubs from the jump, right?
0: I mean they gave they gave the baseball world a glimmer of hope there leading I won't say leading up to deadline, but they're like a what was it like a couple weeks before the deadline where are like, Oh, are they gonna be buyers? Are they gonna be sellers? Yeah. And then they just totally flopped that final week but the Cardinals I mean that's yeah no excuse you really don't that's rough I mean they're 10 and a half back entering Monday they're a game under 500 I mean there's no hope for you <laughs> like there's just not yeah which is crazy to think because I, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the the season you and I maybe not you but I think I for sure was saying that this oh, is I was the, in this I was is in the cardinals on them. division to lose
1: 100 percent I was in on them
0: and now you're not you're gonna most I mean, likely finished third in the division. That
1: graphic we put out was fan graphs, right? They, I think they're at 0% chance of getting into the postseason. I don't think they're mathematically eliminated yet, but they're probably only a,
0: a week or two away. 1.5% of making the postseason. Yeah,
1: it's basically zero. Everyone else has to lose out, apparently. Not smart. Need to be better. You got and talent then,
0: there. And then the Wests, uh, don't look now. Giants are 7 3 in the last 10. Four games up on the Dodgers, <laughs> and they're still getting disrespected somehow, some way.
1: I mean, the Padres just need to be thankful that the other two divisions are trash. Truthfully, yeah, because they're gonna get into the wild card spot because the other the other divisions are awful. That's it.
0: National League wild card. You're looking at the top two spots as the Dodgers and Padres right now, respectively. Padres three and a half back of the Dodgers in the first spot, and then you got. Cincy knocking on the door that second spot three games back. And then you I got, mean, which, to to, to, like, to to our own fault, we haven't even mentioned the Braves. Wild that who, they're even
1: in this conversation. I'm not buying it, but wild.
0: I mean, the only reason we were so heavy on Philly's Mets is they just came off a weekend series and pretty much flip-flopped. I mean, you yeah, had the Mets' fall not so gracefully, but then you just got the Braves just hanging out there.
1: Yeah, and also, Mets fans, you think you're unlucky? Shut it. Okay? The Braves have had probably the worst luck this year. Unforeseen injuries, unforeseen domestic violence charges, they've had it rough. Okay? You got nothing to complain about. Braves fans, my heart goes out to you.
0: Isn't unforeseen injuries an oxymoron? Is that the right use of that word? Oxymoron? Uh like do you do you
1: Unforeseen superstar injuries? Is that better? No sure. one
0: That's better. That's better. No one expects
1: superstars to go down. Well,
0: <laughs> while it was partially a joke I was also thinking about other fan bases who have been like going back and forth at each other being like oh our team's banged up well would you forget about our team it's like yeah I mean injuries can sure I mean if it hits certain players and they're out for a significant amount of time yeah, yeah you can maybe use that in the conversation but you can't just use injury everybody gets banged up yeah it's just a matter of how many and for how long yeah but, yeah, I mean, the Braves have just – they've had their their fair share of bad luck this season, too, and they're just hanging out. And in the they wild really card are. race, they're six and a half back. And that is not out of the question of overcoming. No. I've seen we've, – we've all seen teams overcome much more.
1: Yeah, it's true. It can be done. I don't buy it, but it can be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, look. Take it to the bank for the most part. Pretty safe to say Dodgers Padres as a or three teams out of the NL West. Yeah. But I also I can't I can't say on August 9th that it's division or bust for these National League East teams. Because there's a chance. Mathematically there's a chance.
1: Mathematically, but I'm saying it now. I'll say it.
0: I'll ag- look, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying I want to go on record as saying that you can't write it off because you got the Braves and the Mets, six and a half. And seven games back respectively, but that also means that one of those three teams and one of those three NL West teams has to just flop, and the Reds also have to just come to a screeching halt as well. But it's possible. I just like you should know me by now. You know I like exploring all the possibilities just for kicks.
1: I know you do. I'm going three teams out of the West in the NL and three teams out of the West or out of the East in the AL. That's my
0: prediction. Last question I got for you before we hop off here. Do you foresee a Yankees Red Sox wild card game? No. Which means you are granting the Red Sox the American League East crown. No. Okay. Well, how else does that work out then?
1: I think the Blue Jays slide into that top wild card spot. Yep. So what I, are you saying right now? I think the Red Sox miss the postseason. I
0: really do. And I'm sorry. Don't go chasing curveballs. We love you on as always. Looking <laughs> okay, forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy. I can't believe you. No, I'm sorry, man.
1: But I do think the Red Sox and the Yankees are going to come down to an absolute, just heavyweight battle in the last couple weeks. Well, it's not going to be, be a in lot the of back la- and forth. It's not for going to be the last spot. series.
0: Not going to be the last series of the season because the Bra- the Bo Sox are coming to D.C. for a series against the Nats, which I will most <laughs> likely be at for my birthday. So. Any perfect any, timing. Any any damage that's gonna be done is gonna have to be done in the games leading up to that because what are we doing? Uh that's that's about all I got, guy. Yeah, we went the Yankees, deep.
1: The Yankees end with the Rays. The Blue Jays, the The Yankees have a rough last two weeks. It's gonna make her to break it. Uh yeah, that's it. That's all I got.
0: Speaking of tough stretch, I don't even think we mentioned last thing I'll say, I promise, then we we'll get out of here. We didn't mention the Mets upcoming stretch. Did we?
1: Yeah, that's why it's the beginning of the end for them.
0: August 13th, they have, what, 13 game? This is a 13-game stretch for those who haven't seen. Dodgers, 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 Dodgers Giants, 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 Dodgers, <laughs> Dodgers, 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 Giants, Giants, Giants. RIP, Mets. It was good knowing you. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> good Take night. Take care. We'll see you later. <laughs> Goodness. Ah. Is that it? That's about all I got. Last note here for closing the closing the book. Only real note I had Bobby Witt Jr., friend of the pod, just tearing it up in triple A. Hopefully it'll be up soon. Yeah. Uh Triple A East Player of the Week going eight for twenty seven with two doubles, four home runs, including a grand slam. Eleven ribbies, eight runs and a stolen base. Big
1: dog. Uh what's the I never remember his name, the Orioles catcher. Adley Rutschman. He just got called up to AAA as well. He's hitting nukes. So just a a moment for him. That's coming.
0: Future baseball is very bright.
1: Yeah, we're chilling. That's it. I'm going to go cook some dinner. Don't go chasing curveballs.
0: I'm going to go grab some homemade banana bread. We love you all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.